Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 37, and today we'll be talking about the fourth episode of Steven Bomb 3, Historical Friction. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. And I'm Hunter. So can I just say what a brilliant playwright Mayor Dewey is? I mean, I was so inspired by his version of the script. I mean, I'm not going to say Pearl did a bad job, because as we all know, Pearl can do no wrong, but... I mean, Dewey, well, what are you doing being a mayor? I know you're good at it, but geez, get into show business. Steven certainly agrees with you. I thought it was weird how incredibly quickly Jamie was able to convince Steven that the play was no good. Steven was like, it's great. And then after talking to Jamie for like 30 seconds, Steven's like, oh, you're right. This is terrible. Yep. I I love Steven. I, I really do. But I don't think I'd be able to talk to Steven about really anything if... <laughs> I, Steven, come on, have some have some better awareness for entertainment. Come I mean, on. At least he was able to go give Pearl a good pep talk. Yeah, I... But Hunter, it said it was good in the play. Are you saying the play is lying? I'm... <laughs> I guess this just hits me harder that I'm, I'm going to be a technical theater major. I... Uh, come on, Steven. I, I believed in you for like a minute. See, I believed in Steven for 11 minutes times however many episodes have aired. See, 11 times... Yeah, what episode are we on? I kind of lost count once the whole Steven Bomb thing happened. I, although, Mr. Jones Cordy did handily put out an episode order that shows the intended order of first Rose's Scabbard, then the three, you know, episodes they had to move into season two, mm-hmm. plus, you know, Say Uncle, but we don't really talk about Say Uncle, I we, guess. We are at episode 66. Okay, so what, 726 minutes then? How did you do that that fast? That was impressive. I just okay. added 66 to 660, it's not that hard. Oh, you're right. Dang it. Now I feel dumb. <laughs> Usually I'm not that good at the human calculator stuff, but I do know some of the simpler techniques. Nice. I was super happy to see Mayor Dewey in this episode. Mayor yeah. Dewey is one of my favorite characters. I really like Jamie. That opening with like Stephen doing the baseball slide to Jamie, and then yeah. they're just like, ha, we have fun. That was, <laughs> that was I did really enjoy that line. I liked their high five acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're cute together. They're really good. I like it. They're like the brothers that they never had. I wonder if there's a big brother program that young superheroes can participate in. What? You know, because Stephen Stephen has three very good role models from the Crystal Gems, and you know Greg also. But like, no one, you know, you know none of that over, older sibling to show him the way. You know. Well, that's what he has Jamie for. Exactly. And Lars, you know, that's what he's got uh, Lars for. He's Lars is there to L- Lars is there to teach him to be tough. He's learning everything he would ever need to learn on how to be a true gentleman from Lars. Mm-hmm. Man, everyone from Beach City is just just this pinnacle of righteousness. You know, we got Mayor Dewey, we got Lars. How lucky is it that Stephen gets to live in a community with such upstanding men? Hey, I will not take your sarcasm when directed towards Mayor Dewey. He is actually upstanding. I don't think it's <laughs> luck. I think it's Pearl attracting all of the best people. Yep, doing doing her mating squawk on top of the temple. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Can, but can we talk about how brilliant Jamie's costume for Pearl was? I mean, Garnet, oh Garnet's was excellent as well, but... Amethyst was a mop! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it! Amethyst was a freaking mop! And she had one line! 
Well, I mean, you know, we, we were talking about we were talking about this last night, how Amethyst might have been when she was on missions with the Crystal Gems. I guess we well, I guess we can't really trust Pearl as a reliable narrator for Amethyst, but this does kind of imply that she had a lesser role back then. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean look just looking at her through um any episode where Greg has a flashback, just seeing how small Amethyst was and how childlike she was. Yep. It's definitely right. not hard to see um, her playing a lesser role in the Crystal Gems. Definitely looking forward to the flashback episode where they tell Steven how they met Amethyst, though. That's going to be cool. Uh, are they doing that? I believe in an interview, Ms. Sugar said that we'd, we'd get more elaboration on how Rose Quartz met each of the three Crystal Gems that we know. Yeah, that'd be cool. We know, sort of, how uh, Rose met Amethyst, and we also know that there was a uh, deeply ingrained relationship implied through... Or not relationship, but you know there was there was a lot of feelings, uh, emotions between Rose and Pearl. But we don't really see much between Garnet and uh, Rose. Yeah, Garnet's still the mysterious yeah. one. Yeah, still. Yeah, I'd like to see how they met Garnet, or if they even met Garnet first. But Pearl's version of the script was quite interesting because when they're warding the when they're warding Dewey's expedition off, Pearl makes it sound like. That there weren't any humans on the American continent before well, people least, started coming over from the east. At least not in that area. Because, like, that area was dangerous. It does make sense, though, because she's like, there are monsters here, and we know from Rising Tides, Crashing Skies that the Crystal Gems do attract the monsters, so I wonder if the monsters are very few and far between anywhere else, and kind of, as you get closer to the temple... They just get more and more concentrated until it's really hard to live in the area. That's certainly the implication. Well, they have, yeah, but they have gone other places. They've used the warp to travel to other places to take down gems, like to the island and to the desert. Well, we don't, we know Mask Island is within, is within sight of the beach, of the beach off of the temple. And there are deserts in the Americas. It's possible that the gems were concentrated on the American continent and that during the gem war, there was some pretty heavy damage to the human population there. Hmm. Waiting for some flashback episodes, because right now Earth's history is one giant mystery. I mean, Garnet's mysterious enough, but... It was it was definitely nice to see um, Pearl in a, in a more positive mood. Yeah, that, that's, of, that's my late. girl. Yeah. She was great at the play, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shut down, yeah. (laughs) Denied. Mayor Mayor Dewey is the opposite of Ruby. (laughs) He is not smooth at all, right? He is sandpaper. (laughs) Well, good. The internet's mayor needs to have a bit of grit to him, you know? (laughs) Mayor Dewey doesn't want to be alone. He has to be alone for the good of the public. Hey, he made some progress at the end. He got a pat on the head. Yeah, he did. It's like negative one base, right? He was at negative ten. He's moving forward. And Pearl said that it's been two hundred years since his. I, how many greats? Stephen counted the greats. Four greats. Four okay, greats. there were four greats. So, so yeah, it was probably two hundred years at the most. That means the settlements in the Americas are much more recent than they were in our history. Yeah. Well, hold on. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like I said, two hundred years is the ceiling rather than the floor. I think. Yeah. So much. So many hints about the lore in just a few lines in what would otherwise be a very fillerish episode. We got the temple gem rescuing them, oh, or what yeah. I'm assuming we're left to assume is the temple gem. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't tell who that was supposed to be. I, I mean, it only had the four arms, didn't it? Yeah. 
I mean, I thought maybe Alexandrite. I need to look more closely at the silhouette because I was also trying to figure out the monster at the same time. I think I think it is Alexandrite. Mm. Okay. I think yeah, it's only got the because Alexandrite has six arms too. Yeah. So oh, okay. Well, then this one only has four arms. Huh. But it has but it has like it doesn't have the hair like uh, opal or sardonyx. Oh, and you know what's funny? There's no mention of rose quartz. Yeah. Like. Pearl says she's there representing her. Why didn't Pearl or why didn't Rose come out? She was there. <laughs> Rose probably hmm. didn't send them. Pearl probably did this on her own. Yeah, uh, that's. Hmm. I mean, we know how zealous Pearl is. Yeah, that's interesting. Why wasn't Why wasn't Rose there? Why wasn't Rose a part of this? Hmm. I mean, maybe they didn't want to bother her with it. She she's their leader. She doesn't need to be involved in every little thing. Wait, uh, this fusion. Hmm. This fusion might be Rainbow Quartz. Really? It might be. Four arms? Four arms. Uh, I thought Rainbow only had two. What? No, Rainbow, wait. Four eyes, two arms. It could be a combination of Rose and Garnet, or Rose and uh, Amethyst. I don't know. Just from the way Jamie was reading the script, it sounded kind of like Alexandrite's voice. I mean, you know how she has that kind of not very emotional tone to her? Yeah, but Alexandrite has six arms, doesn't she? Oh, I don't know. That could have been a mess up in the prop department. You remember, Jamie's responsible for the props, not... Not Pearl. Which were great, by the way. Oh, yeah. I love the garnet hair. That's totally going up on the subreddit as a flare. I don't care if it's me or Eric who has to make it. That's getting made. Okay, Okay, GC. Please, please, please. I want a flare of Cactus uh, Cactus Peridot. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll make sure that one gets done, too. That one's been requested. (laughs) Nice. I want it so bad. Also, she's she's referred to as the goddess of noogies. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Steven did write the jokes. Steven's jokes were like impressively like spaced out and like they're they're very subtle. They're very tiny. Yeah, I jokes. thought he did a really good job with the jokes. I, I was kind of waiting for it to yeah, I was be wait- clumsy, but I like I think he nailed it. Yeah, I was waiting for like just a ham fisted inserted joke. But no, they were they were very they were very nice tongue in cheek subtle jokes. They were they were nice. If you're looking for comedy, you will come to the right guy. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good impression of Steven's bad impression of nothing. <laughs> no, it's not of nothing. It's an accent. I just pretend I'm wearing <laughs> pantaloons and I've just discovered America. That's all I have to do. I really like Jamie being like, this could make or break my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after Steven reminds yep. him that his career is working at the post office. Yep, that's how it is. That's how it is. Oh, did anyone notice Jamie's awesome hand puppets that he was doing? The shadow puppets? Yeah. No, I didn't notice that at all. Because at first I'm like, is he doing a shadow puppet there? And then, you know, it, it changes and his hands are in a different position. He is doing shadow puppets. <laughs> nice. He's really good at that. Oh, speaking of, uh, did you notice? You know, there was, towards the very end, Nanafua. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Slaps, slaps mm-hmm. Copping a feel. Nanafu getting some. Nanafua see, Nanafua want. I will only bring this up because this cartoon is so generally beloved by progressives, but if the sexualities, or sorry, if the genders of those two people had been reversed, that would have been controversial. Yeah, yeah I was think I was thinking about that, but Yeah, it totally would have been. But do we do we have any lovably spunky guys on the show? Because Nanafua has the kind of personality where you just expect that of her, but you already love her, so you let her get away with it. Yep. 
I mean, maybe I want to say Mr. Smiley would be the closest we get to that, but he's got a lot more hints of. I don't think so. Like smiling so. fakely, you know. I don't. I don't think we get. I don't think Mr. Smiley would get away with that. Yeah. Well, like I said, he doesn't have the right personality. Yeah. He's the closest. Yeah. He's Mr. the closest to Mr. Smiley would get crucified. I believe. <laughs> We would not. Nobody would let Mister Smiley get away with that. And who, who would, who would Mister Smiley like? <laughs> I, I like the idea of Mister Smiley coming up and doing that to Jamie. <laughs> to Jamie, yeah. uh, he, he, he could get away with that. Yeah, he could, as long as it's a man being sexually abused. I guess. I think. I think people would hop on board the uh, Jamie Smiley train. So much slash fiction. Oh, jeez. The, the the shippers do not need any excuse. They they need only their imaginations. I want to see. I want to see an episode uh, with more Nana Fu. Nana Fua. Yeah, that'd be good. She's an underused character. She is. She's great. A lot of a lot of the smaller characters are really good characters, though. Yeah, they do. They do really well with them. I wonder if we're going to start seeing Vidalia as a background character now. Yeah, that would be nice. I wonder if we'll ever get to hear Suitcase Sam speak. Oh yeah, he was in the background. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, I think Suitcase Sam needs to stay in the background. <laughs> our our imagination is what makes him great. <laughs> Fair enough. And then we find out that he used to be a uh, he used to be an actor or an extra on Little Butler. Yep. Get yep. some backstory. He was Little Butler. There you go. That must be it. He had a growth spurt, and they had to cancel the show. I was going to say that you were probably right, but that's not possible because he's too old for that. When did uh? Let's see, Little Little Butler would have been. It's probably no older than like ten or fifteen years old. I don't know. It could have been in reruns. We really have no certainty. Uh, well, that's a good point. We have no certainty. We know Little Butler could not have been made until or any time later than Stephen's birth. But yeah, right. I mean, it's like I. It could be like an I Love Lucy kind of thing. We we just can't tell. Yeah. So that'll that'll be my head cannon. That suitcase Sam used to be Little Butler. Yeah. There we go. That makes sense. <laughs> head cannon <Amen>. confirmed. <laughs> but. Speaking of other funny things about the ending, did did anybody catch Stephen's accidental sick burn on Mayor Dewey? Which one? No. Where Pearl asks, why did we end with the campaign slogan? Because she didn't remember that being in the script. And he's, Stephen says something and says, that's why you always end on a joke. Then his facial expression changes. Wait. <laughs> oh. No, he doesn't say wait, but that's what his, that's what his face says. Right. I don't know if that was supposed to be a burn against Mayor Dewey. That was just for the meta joke they were trying yeah, to go for. He he didn't intend it that way, but oh, it see, can okay, clearly yeah. be read as that. And then he right. realized that it could be interpreted that way. That's why his okay. face changed. I really liked Pearl being a proud mom. Steven, you're so talented. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was funny. See, people say Pearl doesn't love Steven, and then we have all these reams of evidence, and this is going to get added to the list. Pearl loves Steven. That is her baby. Who said Pearl didn't love Steven? Oh, just some haters. Nobody who actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah, I can see that. She did leave him to, like, hang to his death in Rosa Scabbard. Just gonna throw that out no, there, but okay. No, she went up to check. She saw he was hanging in there, and we know Steven has some really good upper body strength. We do. So. Okay, GC. He's strong in the real way. So don't you, don't, don't you dare talk bad about my Pearl. You know, she saw he had everything under control. You know, she was having trouble at that time. So she's like, you know, she has to try to pull herself together. She would have gone down to get him if he had been struggling. But I was actually kind of surprised by how well Steven and Pearl were able to put that script together. I mean, the audience ate that up. Yeah, they really liked it. Even Buck Dewey. Good old Buck. Yeah, at first he wasn't responding well. Oh, 
But then you portray Grandpa in a, as a character with actual flaws. Very brave of you, Dad. Uh, someone in the uh, subreddit pointed out, uh, ba- basically when uh, when Jamie was uh, uh, berating the script of characters need flaws, the first thing Steven does when he gets home is talk to Pearl. Well, I mean, she was right there. Yes, it doesn't have that much continuity with the other episodes this week. I mean, obviously there's some because we do get to see Pearl be like self-reflective and get a little pep talk talk from steven but i mean in comparison to the previous three episodes this is almost unrelated well some somebody observed and i i do agree with them that you had cry for help which set up this situation keystone motel was garnet dealing with it then onion friend was amethyst dealing with it now we got pearl dealing with it and then we're finally gonna tie up the week of sardonyx tomorrow i don't think this episode is really pearl dealing with it it was jamie and steven having fun and then we get like a fraction of a second of Pearl dealing with it. Remember, Pearl got her pep talk from Steven about, you know, all heroes having flaws and, you know, the struggling to overcome them. So, and then we've seen the preview for the, for the next one that has her still thinking very much about cry for help. Yeah. But yeah, this was, this was the least connected of the three because Amethyst spent a good deal of time talking with Vidalia about how she feels, whereas Pearl's, Dealing with Cry for Help was mostly mostly limited to that one pep talk. I think I actually like this one and Onion Friend better than the other two, and I really like the other two, but these two have probably been my favorite so far. I'm gonna say it's a tie for me between Onion Friend and the uh, first one, uh, Cry for Help. I gotcha. Mm. I want to pr- I want to probably say this one and Keystone Motel. All right, it, it's tough. It's it, this isn't this isn't like Steven Bomb 2.0 where yeah. it's like. Sworn to the sword, first and foremost. It's it's they're all closer together in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, so far we, we ha- yeah we haven't seen friendship yet. It it might last it might one. punch us in the gut. I'm ready, so ready. Oh yeah. Apparently today, Lion Three was nominated for an Emmy. Oh so yeah, that's I saw cool that. News. This is rad. Yeah, it is. That's one of my favorite episodes. So I am super excited. Hopefully that wins. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess it was kind of the cartoon equivalent of Oscar bait, wasn't it? Yeah, touche. So, hence the Emmys. Okay, we'll see you all tomorrow when we'll be covering Friendship. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Ken. And I gotta poop. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Later, kiddos. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.